You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes every week. And I can think of no better way to spend my 35th birthday that I've forgotten about twice uh, than diving deep into Bravo TV shows. Woohoo! Happy birthday or happy birthday. <laughs> that was <to> very you. <laughs> very countess of you. I was love that it. Good? That was really good. Well, like it was kind of sensual. Ch- channel the Luann. Channel Luann for you. And not that she sounds like a man, but <laughs> Are you gonna, channel Lou for you. Can you end this on Viva La Diva? Oh, Viva La Diva. That song gets really catchy and gets stuck in your head. Now it's it going to be stuck in your head the rest of the show. Just it probably watch. will. And it is actually a very catchy song. But honestly, I feel like anybody could have done that. Like she, that. This is not one that shows Luann's range. And I use range generously. But No. But- and the funny thing is that Desmond Child, who's a well-known producer, she's like featured in it. It's not really even her song. Like it's his song featuring Luann. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh so, my god. Anyways, <laughs> okay, well, that just made it a thousand times better for everyone. Oh my god, I love it. But before we dive into New York, we need to talk about Potomac, which just aired two nights ago. I have to say, this was like the Potomac episode I think we all wanted and needed on many levels. Like, there's just so many funny parts, heartwarming parts, and then of course the drama. But before we get to the drama. We we have the women. I mean, we start with um, a pancake contest, essentially. No, we I got to back up. Sorry. Just like Bravo loves to do. We get a jump forward to Candace getting the text message from a friend. And then we jump back to earlier in the day. Uh, but she gets the text saying that Michael was at a strip club bragging about having a boyfriend and a wife to strippers and inviting them all back to his room and bravo loves to like drop a bomb and then be like 12 hours later and everything just seems like it's so happy and peaceful and we're having a pancake contest the producers did a phenomenal job in this episode from the countdown of how long they've been in captivity to everything with the stripper allegations. It was like, it was just super, super comical. The pancake competition was unexpected and entertaining. And this is stuff you don't ever see on other franchises, which I appreciate. But I really love that Monique gave Wendy a robe that said newbie on it. 
Uh, I mean, that shade, I mean, just that little touch of shade is just, that's what makes Potomac Potomac. I I loved it. I love that they all wore their robes. I don't know if I necessarily would have worn my robe to breakfast, but maybe she told them to. I'm not like a robe wearer all yeah, day. Yeah, I think like, she told her. Yeah. Me neither, actually. I wish I liked robes more. I I don't wear them that often. I very rarely do. And it's if I'm getting ready for something like a wedding or something like that. But usually. Yeah. And I just don't want to get like robe makeup. wear. But anyhow. So we have the pancake contest. And I think it. I mean, I actually agreed with a little bit with Candace. It was a little harsh towards Monique. But I mean, the fact that. Monique's pancakes were perfectly like circular. They looked like just perfect pancakes, something that I would never take the time to do. My pancakes probably look a lot more like Giselle's where I just pour it out there and what you get is what you get. Uh, But from a presentation standpoint in this contest, Giselle scores horribly. Monique uh, scores, you know, amazing. On taste, though, (laughs) Monique scores terrible and Giselle scores high. I was a little surprised. I want to know what Giselle put in there that Monique didn't. It sounds like the oil was a huge factor in Monique losing. But Monique's shade, even though it came back to bite her, I love that she said her pancake, ta- her pancakes taste like her fashion choices. It sounds like that's going to be – the. it's like a common theme of this season is everyone's coming for Giselle's fashion. It is bad, but I don't think it's any worse than it's been previous seasons. I mean, when Karen oh, no. had her press conference, no press – her outfit was terrible. She wore like white jeans and an iron-on t-shirt with like a pink blazer. It was did not and it was like I'm almost describing it too nice. Like it just did not look like it belonged together. And that goes back to season 4 or season 3, I can't remember. But I think season 3. So I mean, she's been doing I think this for season a long. 3. No, it's yeah. not new news. It's not news news. I feel like it's just a cheap shot and I look forward to them like discussing it there's probably going to be a nice montage from the producers of all her (laughs) fashion choices so i kind of look forward to that in the reunion but i don't think that monique should have won i feel like giselle should have won just based on taste alone i think it all comes down to taste like i mean at the end of the day like for pancakes i'm not concerned so much with the way they look i want i want a good tasting pancake not a one that looks really nice but tastes like oil so i agree i think in my mind giselle won she also won for best walking attire. Did you notice that her, so her and Wendy decide, to, she takes Wendy on a little walk because she wants to talk to her about how it looked when she blew up on Ashley and just kind of say, you know, like, I really liked you, but that that kind of type of, you know, behavior isn't going to fly with these women. And they're both wearing like true workout gear. Wendy's wearing like a onesie workout spandex with a fanny pack. And then she's wearing Gucci flip-flops and Giselle is wearing fuzzy slippers to go on a walk. I'm like, clearly they're not walking far. <laughs> no. No, this is just a walk for Bravo to capture the conversation on TV, basically. But I love it. I mean, I love my fuzzy Ugg slippers. I'm wearing them today because it's a little cooler. But it's not walking. They are not walking shoes. But I think it was a really good moment because I think it shows, one, we now learn that Giselle does like Wendy and she wants Wendy to get along with the women. It's always, you never know where Giselle falls with some of these new newbies coming in. She also, of course, does not miss an opportunity to say, like, I don't think you should be mad at Ashley. You should be mad at Karen Huger for calling you a floozy freelance journalist, which I don't think floozy was used. I'm like, that is a a bold word to drop. (laughs) I mean, Giselle stirs a pot like no other. And I, 
the funny thing, and not to get too far ahead, but I, I love that Candace and Giselle like bond over these allegations against Michael. Like, you know, they're enemies. Oh. They, like two episodes ago, they like hated each <laughs> other. <laughs> like, but then like they're shit talking together. So it just it just makes me laugh what these women bond over because who wouldn't bond over strippers? But I am really glad that Wendy that eventually we saw Wendy apologize to Ashley. It took her a little bit to actually say she apologized, but I'm glad that she got there and acknowledged it and was actually vulnerable, which I kept saying last week. I wanted her to be vulnerable. So I'm really glad that she opened up to her. I loved it. I mean, it did start with Ashley saying sorry first, which I give Ashley a lot of credit for that. And I'm not exactly the biggest Ashley fan. I think I'm starting to, though, this season. But I love how Wendy even said, like, I get emotional thinking about it right now because my delivery and experience with my third was not the same with my other two. And she talks about the NICU stay and how, you know, just seeing another baby, it made her really miss her own. And like she questioned leaving to begin with. And then she gets here and finds out that maybe she could have brought her baby. And I just, I really loved that Ashley, instead of saying like, oh, you shouldn't have gotten mad at me, sympathized with her and then explained how she's been battling with some postpartum and why like having Dean there was she needed that comfort and it was reassuring for her. And I thought it was really great that they both bonded over that. I'm like, oh, this is the moment I really wanted. And I think Wendy and Ashley have so much in common. Like they should really more likely be friends than enemies. And I'm I'm glad we're getting there. Same. It, it was such a, it's a real conversation that as mothers that we all have, we're all trying to do our best. Those first, I mean, I'm living it right now. First couple weeks after delivery, it's a lot. And especially having to stay in the NICU adds a whole nother layer. But being a first-time mom dealing with postpartum, that's a whole nother thing too. So I'm happy to see them kind of be together. And I really like that Wendy react, we reacted really positively to Ashley kind of saying, you know, I'm trying to get back to myself, kind of trying to get back to who I am and kind of losing a sense of myself because that is something that happens with motherhood. You kind of miss your old life and your old self. And it's it's a lot on top of the changes you're going through physically, emotionally, um, taking care of the baby. There, there's a lot happening. You almost mourn. You have to like mourn your old self and nobody like explains that to you. And I wish more people told new moms like it's okay for the first six weeks, six months, however long it is, to miss your old life. Like, I remember being like, ooh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Like, I don't I don't love being exhausted and having chapped, cracked nipples. Sorry if that's TMI for people who don't have kids, but if you're a female considering having a child, it, it will happen to you. Um, you know, I just, like, it's not this, like, li- luxurious, like, bonding. You have this glow to you. I mean, you have postpartum night sweats. You still have a pregnancy belly. You're wearing a diaper. Like you just, who wants that for their life? Like it's, it is a very emotionally and physically hard journey and it's okay to miss that. But then you question it like, oh, maybe I'm a bad mom. Everyone talks about how it's like this unconditional love and you do have that and you get there. So for any new moms, like, you know, not loving the fourth trimester as it's often called, it's okay. And it, it truly does get better. And I love that Wendy reassured Ashley of that. And then I love that the women are at the pool and Ashley gets up to go take care of Dean. And Candace says to the women, like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be a perfect mom. And they all, like, I thought it was really great. They all like rallied behind her and said, there is no perfect mom and it's okay. And like, I don't know. I just, I was like, what two like 
female empowering moments to have together in like an episode where we know some shit's going to go down. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, I feel like Candace and I feel like she'll realize this when when and if she decides to have children. But it's so easy to judge another mom when you don't have kids. Like I'm sure her watching Ashley, she's like, I wouldn't have brought my kid. I wouldn't have done that. Why is she with her baby all the time? You know, it's so easy to do that until you actually live it. And then you kind of have that light bulb moment of, oh, so I have a feeling she's going to be going on an apology tour when she has some kids, oh. especially to Ashley. She's going to have to give her like a nice basket or something bigger. But I feel like she's going to be going on an apology tour when she, when and if she does have children. I also think she's going to be leaning on Ashley for a lot more advice than she realizes. Like she was saying how she thinks she'll be a little bit more like Robin, where Robin has a life beyond her kids. Well, it's easy to say that and feel that way when Robin's kids are at an age where they don't need constant supervision. In the beginning, you really don't have too much of a life beyond your kids. And you really have to make an effort to carve that time out there. So I can really see... Candace and Ashley actually like becoming friends once Candace is pregnant. But before that happens. Oh, really quick before we get to the good stuff. What is your take? So the women were complaining on how bored they are being at the lake. I guess I think it's a river, not a lake. I think Moni corrected them. Yes. But they did this little fashion show. But what's your take? 22 hours and they all were like bored out of their minds. I think these women are used to a different caliber of vacations, even like the small little like mini vacations as we've been seeing more and more with Bravo. You know, they went to that fancy resort. Ashley took everyone there and it was like dinners and spa treatments. I think had Monique had a masseuse brought in or had like a fun activity besides outdoor stuff, which clearly Monique loved. They they did like a really funny, again, production, great job. They did a really funny little like comparison and it's Monique like – on this paddleboard kayak thing and the winds in her hair. And she just looks like she's Pocahontas, just loving nature. She's, you know, painting with the colors of the wind. And we've got Candace who's like running into like this, I don't even know what they're called, like a pier in the middle of the water. She's like sweaty. She's hating it. The other women are cutting worms to fish. Like this isn't really I think a vacation anyone but Monique enjoys. So I think they're bored. They wanted something to do. And I think beyond some of those scheduled outdoor events, all Monique had planned was just like lounging. Yeah, no, all she had planned was lounging. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I've gone to weekends. I've We've done a lot of, being in the Midwest, I've done a lot of weekends like that. But then I started to think, well, these women, they're, they're clicky. They're a few groups. They probably don't want to spend that much free time with each other, just looking at each other. You needed an activity. So that's why I appreciated the pageant that they did. I always love a good little um pageant show the women of atlanta love to do that so i really enjoyed that i feel like giselle clearly used this opportunity though to throw some digs at ashley over candace like i think that i think monique i mean giselle was so thrilled that candace apologized and that they were kind of gonna be friends again and she wanted to show that and emphasize that to candace because the question Candace got was, you know, what's it like being so short? And then Ashley's was, why do you have such a big forehead? I I feel like they weren't fair questions. Uh, no. And I'm glad the women took them in stride. Like Candace and Ashley took them in stride. Like they found it funny. I feel like if you did that in Beverly Hills, that would have been the, into- in the entire oh. season. Yeah, it would have been forehead gate. That's what we would have had for Beverly Hills. I agree. And, uh, 
I you know, I think it was cute. I think this is the part that I love about Giselle. I love Giselle in general, but I think she can read a room and be like, okay, people look bored. No one's having a conversation besides like the chomping of their food. And the only other activity we have planned is dinner. We got to do, we got to do something. So I appreciate her willingness to just create something on the fly. A thousand percent. Okay. Now let's get to the good stuff. I mean, wow. So if, it felt staged, but then it done it. It didn't because Candace is getting ready, and you have to keep in mind that each each girl almost has her own little production crew that's following her. So they all have cameras on them at all times, and so there's a camera watching her as she gets a text, and she's like, "Oh my god, what is this?" She starts reading the text out loud, but then the reason why I feel like this was a real raw moment is she immediately turns to production and another fourth wall being broken and says we're going to blur out the person's name, correct? Like she wanted to make sure her friend who sent her this information regarding the strippers wasn't going to be called out. And just the fact, I think the fact that like she was so shocked by it, but that was her first thought was to protect a friend. It made me feel like, okay, this was real. Because if it was staged, her friend would have known and this would have been planned and she wouldn't have been worried about it. Oh, absolutely. They, I mean- they wouldn't reenact that moment, too, of her breaking the fo- fourth wall. Like, that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Okay, now Candace, look at us and ask us for that again. They wouldn't have done that. They would have just – it would have been a discussion already had, and we would have just saw the text. So, yes, I, a thousand percent, she it was in the moment. I mean, the most shocking part of that text was Michael's boyfriend talking about a boyfriend and wife. Like, the stripper part, although I'm not – cool with that i feel like if it was just about him hanging out with strippers i don't think it would have been as big of a thing it's the boyfriend plus wife combo in my opinion yes no i completely agree i think it was the boyfriend plus wife comment that would have jarred me a little bit more and the alleged trying to get the strippers back to his room but i agree with you you know like he was having they said guys from new york coming in to celebrate a big business when like he closed some deal you know, I don't know what these men are like, but they're a little bit older. I could see them be like, you know what? We're from New York. We want to let loose. Let's go to a strip club. I wouldn't be thrilled by the idea, but I wouldn't immediately think cheating. Uh, but the the boyfriend thing. And then she had a picture of him where he clearly is in a dark room. Like it looked like he was in a strip club. <laughs> that picture is hilarious because it's such a creepy picture. I mean, there's not probably a lot of good angles for Michael Darby, (laughs) even in the bright light. But (laughs) the blue light made me laugh. And um, Oh No Bravo, one of the Instagram accounts we love, she did a hilarious meme of him with the blue man group. And it 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 killed me. me. It was so funny. But so what do you do when you get damaging, crazy tea like this? You go straight to Giselle. And she, I mean, it didn't look like the guest house was that close to the actual lake house. She marches over there and she's immediately like, Giselle, Giselle. And they sit down. And I love that Giselle's like, I mean, you just became friends with Ashley like a minute ago. You got to be careful with this. But then also in the same breath says, but you better say this at dinner tonight around all of us, which we get my favorite to be continued. Although this one, I think warranted a to be continued. I, I'm okay with this to be continued, which is a bold statement Ooh, for me. That is a huge statement. I'm actually kind of surprised that she brought it up that quickly, but I couldn't sit with that information for so long. I guess I'm, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because if Candace were to sit on that information and didn't tell Ashley, let's say like weeks later, then she's going to get yelled at for not telling her sooner. But 
telling her sooner, it's, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. What would you do in that situation? So one, I would probably, I think I would wait till the end of dinner, but then you always risk that like, will alcohol take place? So I probably, if I thought I was going to drink a little too much, I would maybe say something before dinner. I would pull Ashley aside, but I will say in comments, people said something like, how are you going to do her dirty by, you know, airing that laundry at a table, you know, with everyone there. And Candace responded back, it's a to be continued. What you don't see is the fact that I do not tell her in front of everybody. So I feel like she says, Ashley, we need to talk. And then I think like the severity and the weight of it like hits her. And I think they do go off to the side. And I, but I think she tells her right then and there. I don't, God, there's no winning in that situation. I agree though. I think you do, you have an obligation as a friend or trying to be someone's friend to say that whether right or like true or not, this is out there and people are saying this. And I want you to know, because the last thing I want you to think is like, I sat on this and didn't tell you, or I was spreading rumors about your family. I I get why Candace felt like she needed to say something right away. A thousand percent. I kind of wonder if this season, because we've said this before, I feel like they have some sort of open marriage, open relationship, because why would Michael Darby continue to choose to be filmed? Well, now this is what, the second time of his shit getting aired out? (laughs) First the butts, now this. Like, I just don't know why you would still be showing up to film on a reality TV show if all your dirty laundry is going to be aired, which I guess on one hand is what makes Potomac so great because it feels so much more real than the other franchises. I feel like they've got to have some sort of open relationship agreement. Well, and also I feel like he has a lot of money. Couldn't you go into a private room and have like private lap dances and not have it be so public where people could take your picture? Like, come on. It's, I mean, not that I'm trying to help him get away with this, but there's something that we don't know that he's just okay with people hearing this about him. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if it's going to come out because I, I think we're not sure if they're still together, but I kind of think they are. And if they are, I, I mean, there's got to be some sort of unconventional, open relationship, swingers, whatever it may yeah, be type something. of thing going on. Because why else would you continue to show up to film? Yeah, it's a good question. But I think the like the even crazier thing about this is like, okay, this is a bomb being dropped, you know, for any franchise. We apparently are still only three episodes away from the epic fight between Monique and Candace. Like they're going to get into a physical brawl still. And I just keep reminding myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't even the peak of the drama. This is like the appetizer before the entree. And wow. I mean, I just think this is a sign that this is going to be a bold season. Let's leave it right there. Yeah. A bold season. Lots to look forward to, um, but also lots to reflect on as we are now at the end of Roni. And I have to say, I feel very like vindicated. I, I don't know if it's the right word, but I feel very like I comfort, like there was confirmation in this episode for me. A lot of people didn't understand why I was at peace with Dorinda leaving. I feel like it's not that I don't like her. At one point I loved her, but I felt like she needed this break. She has these rage issues with drinking. And I think she needs a lot of therapy. And I feel like after this episode, I had a lot more people join the, okay, Dorinda can go corner. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> should we just talk about it? I that those last five minutes of basically the episode is all around drag bingo, which I love. Have you ever done that before? 
I've never been to drag bingo, but um, one thing, I don't even know if you know this about me. I'm a very avid bingo goer uh, for those in St. Louis. I highly recommend St. Simon, uh, the church in South County. They have the best bingo and hands down the most delicious slushies and a large is 125. You cannot beat that concession. I did standpoint. not know this about you, but, but yeah, I'm also I, not surprised. <laughs> I used to go to a bingo uh, in North County that had way better prizes, but it was uh, smoking. And we, as a group, my bingo group were like, we, we can't handle the smoking anymore. So we moved to smoke free, but I do. I love bingo. <laughs> yep. I have a dollar. Well, is, is there a hamburger Mary's in St. Louis? There is. Yes. I've been there for their drag show. I've never been for drag bingo, but I, I, um, it'd be weird for me to go to a bingo where it's okay to yell and scream like that because like the old people at St. Simon take it very seriously. And I've been shushed and told to shut up numerous times. <laughs> um, really? Like you? <laughs> well, I know shocking, but it's like my group. So there's four of us that used to work together that all like started going to bingo and then people slowly left it for different companies. And we still get together and do bingo every once in a while. And I guess because we get a little talkative, people get really mad at us. So like in my head, I'm like, I cannot believe this behavior. This is not bingo appropriate. Well, drag, I've done it before at Hamburger Mary's and it's it's so much fun. I love it. I mix, I That's going to be one of the things I go back and do once the world is semi-normal. Again, I want to go back and do that. But so the women are having, I think, a good time. Ramona brings a date. Like it's like all the women are like doing their classic things that they do. Like Ramona brings a date, a straight guy who's not even really someone she's he's into. Gross. He's gross. He ends up hitting on Leah. They're getting a little tipsy. Luann sings Viva La Diva. Like <laughs> she, t- she uh, debuts that song. But then at the end, Leah gives a like kind of a toast and is like, I'm really glad Tinsley brought me to this group and introduces me to you all. And Dorinda like snaps and loses her shit and basically tells Leah to fuck off, fuck Tinsley. She ruined our show, just went off. Like, I didn't see that coming. Did you notice how she looked directly? It wasn't the camera that they angle they used, but she looked directly at a camera and said she she broke her she violated her contract. Like she brought up the terms of the contract, which is almost a bigger fourth wall than Ramona running to a producer and getting pissed and and that footage being aired. I was shocked that like the terms of their contract and the fact that we all were wondering, like, was did Tinsley break her contract to move to Chicago? And I guess it was confirmed she did. Yeah, but it was, I mean, at least she got a send off. Tinsley yeah, still sure got a nice goodbye. <laughs> like, Dorinda's like, yeah. goodbye is this explosive look like an asshole, drunken rage blow up. Well, so a few like blind items have been like floating around out there. And apparently, production has said that Dorinda's been a nightmare to like film and work with for years. And that some people feel like they were ready to show all this, like the horrible side of her because they did not want to work with her anymore. And apparently on the flip side, which doesn't surprise me, I feel like she is just a very like classy, sweet, like really doesn't want to like make anybody upset person like with Tensley. But they said she was the easiest, most accommodating with her schedule. And that anytime like contracts were up from negotiation, she never really like negotiated hard they were just like okay here's like your new rate per episode and she's like okay great and she just signed her contract not saying that like 
it makes you a good person because you don't like negotiate more money. But I do think it was like night and day. And I think that is why Tinsley got a really sweet, nice send off, even though she violated her contract. And Dorinda got a middle finger from production for her send off. Uh, yeah. And we, I mean, we've heard from some inside sources, people have worked closely Dorinda that she is a monster and how she treats Tinsley is how she treated people behind the scenes. So, I mean, that's a huge middle finger. I mean, and adding more fuel to this fire of Dorinda, not this being even more so a larger firing than we thought because the promos for Salt Lake Dorinda's in them. So <laughs> she didn't think her ass was going to get fired and then they're going to show her dirty laundry, show her off like that. But they <laughs> did. And I am glad. Uh, I also I think it was uh, actually Lucy on the grounds fiance, Bill, who said that he thinks that Bravo m- announced her firing like the timing was very intentional and they purposely did it before the finale because they knew if they aired that and waited till after the reunion People would be so pissed at Bravo that they basically like encourage this type of behavior. I do think there's some truth to that. I think that the execs at Bravo knew that this is what the finale was going to look like. I'm sure she was terrible at the reunion. So they ran with it and were like, we're going to announce she's gone and we're still going to show this ugly side. Which is kind of like Dorinda. Crazy. I don't think they've ever done this with a housewife. No, and Lord knows what type of dirt they have on these people. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it must have been really, really bad. Really, do bad. you think that Bravo has any dirt uh, on some of the women of Beverly Hills? Because it seems, I mean, I felt like they showed all sides of the story, but there's some people that feel like Andy was not siding with Denise. I thought he seemed neutral. I mean, he seemed kind of neutral. He seemed like Andy to me. I mean, he seemed neutral. He likes to stir the pot. He has a little runna in him in his own way. (laughs) I didn't think he was siding with anyone, really. I didn't didn't get that vibe watching it. Uh, Yeah, I felt the same way. I also felt like, if anything, you could also argue that he didn't really – I don't think he painted Kyle in the best light. Like, I think the questions he asked her were very – very much telling that I think he is on Garcelle's side, even though she, I mean, I don't think he knew she was going to throw that whole thing out there about the payment. And, you know, at the end of the day, I guess there's a lot of people like, well, she didn't pay. I mean, Kyle was right with that, but here's where I, and I love Kyle, but I do think she was in the wrong to bring it up because I think her intent was to make it look like Garcelle couldn't afford it. Or Garcelle's a liar and just said she was going to donate that money and had no intention of ever paying it. I, I mean, I don't think any of those women are hurting for $5,000. So I just, I don't, I'm not really buying that Garcelle truly couldn't come up with the money. I bet she honestly forgot. She's got a lot going on. She's got a movie that she just picked the director. We saw that that's filming. She's now going to be the co-host of The Real. I'm sure there were interviews and a lot of, um, you know, like that process I'm sure was challenging, particularly with COVID. I don't know. I mean, I just I was a little disappointed that Kyle waited for months to bring it up on the reunion instead of just sending a friend a text and saying, hey, didn't get your money yet. You know, is everything okay?" A thousand percent. I couldn't agree more with that. I I, it was disappointing. And later on, Kyle, like, tried to explain herself and said that she did reach out. But I felt like she made herself look worse. Garcelle tried to explain it, too. Like, I'm going to put this out there. You know, it's not against my character. 
and she didn't do the best job in explaining herself either because she didn't outright say that she paid. But I feel like these two just need to like bond over a bottle of tequila or fireball <laughs> and just have a good old time. Cause I do think they'll have, they would have fun together. It's just, they got off the wrong foot. Uh, I agree. I'm actually shocked that they didn't start off as fast friends. I could see them actually getting along and having a lot of fun together. Garcelle seems like she's a good time. I mean, the first drink we saw her order was a tequila, no ice, no chaser, no lime. I'm like, that is, that's a girl who's going to be a good time. For me, there were really only like two shining moments of this reunion. And I think because I knew Denise wasn't going to really admit to anything and it was just going to be dancing around the subject and Rena being obnoxious. My fav- One of my favorite moments, though, was the fact that they brought up Black Lives Matter. I think we knew this was going to be brought up because Garcelle was the first Black housewife for the Beverly Hills franchise. And that is a big deal when you think this is season 10. So for 10 years, we've only had white women. Um, well, I, mostly white. I guess you could argue. Um, Joyce. Oh Joyce, yes, was Dominican. But – So that gets brought up. You know that that conversation is probably naturally going to go into, you know, Black Lives Matter. And what I thought was really sweet was the fact that Garcelle and Erica actually bonded. And when you think about the logistics of Erica being the mother of a cop and Garcelle being a black woman raising biracial children, it's kind of like an unlikely bonding moment. And they both were supporting each other. And I I just it was very touching. It was very touching and just like a nice moment. And the fact that Garcelle was the only one to reach out to Erica to see how her son is doing was also kind of like, damn, ladies, like (laughs) Erica, I know she doesn't talk about her son a lot, publicly at least, but you would think they could at least reach out to her and say like, hey, how are you holding up throughout uh, throughout all of this? It's an important discussion and dialogue that we're having on in this country. And I'm really glad that they had it, to have that conversation. Um, I, I would like to see more real issues being discussed on Housewives, not saying we need to have, not to turn it necessarily um, into politics per se, because I know we all get exhausted and <laughs> fatigue from that. But just uh, Black Lives Matter to me is an equality issue. It's not political. It's we want equal rights. You shouldn't be judged based on the color of your skin. So I feel like when there's moments and movements like that happening in this country, it's it's worth being discussed in reality shows, especially when it impacts someone's life like ourselves. A hundred percent agree. I think if you're going to have the first black Beverly Hills housewife and there is, I mean, basically a civil rights movement movement going on right now. I mean, I think when you look at history, Black Lives Matter is going to be something that's studied just like the civil rights of the 60s. And so uh, we wa- I want to hear her feedback. I want to know what she's saying to her children. I also want to know how, as a white mother, what her, I don't want to say expectations are, but what, like, what does she want and need from her white friends? How can I be a better friend to my friends of color? And how can I be a better mom raising two white boys that I want to make sure treat everyone the same? And don't look at someone's skin color, but also in a way are aware of their privilege and can protect their friends of color. And I thought it was really, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it felt very real. And uh, I'd love to see, I agree. I'd love to see more of it. And honestly, the only other piece that I loved, I think Sutton came out a winner. We made a, a meme about Sutton um, basically owning her first reunion. I think for a newbie, she killed it. I can't think of another newbie that did that well. 
Oh my God, Sutton killed it. The fact that she said, what did she say? Don't let my small disdain for your clothing. Affect <laughs> like, our friendship. Yeah. Uh, like to Teddy was brilliant. She, and I love that Erica laughed and was like, she said disdain, but it was hilarious. Like she really owned up to it. And I think we kind of understand Sutton's personality, like her sense of humor a little bit because she acknowledged that she did look like an ass and you can kind of see and laugh a little bit with her, but she did amazing. And she did not um, hunker down, hunker down. Oh my God. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) She was talking to Dorit bringing up the stuff at the fashion show. Yeah, about. she didn't she didn't back down. I think she held her own. I love too that like some of her comments, she has a very dry sense of humor. And if you don't and it's quick. So if you don't catch it, you don't you don't notice it. But I forgot what the question was, but she said, "Well, obviously I'm so broke." Like making a comment that people were questioning if she truly was wealthy. And then something about, you know, you're not uh dating a millionaire. And she's like, "I don't need to. Why would I?" I love, I mean, I loved those comments. And then I also loved when Dorit said something like, I was concerned for Lisa Renna and I didn't want anything to happen to her kids fashion show. And she's like, so that's why you waited to bring it up until the dinner in front of everyone. I just, I, I loved that she clapped back and did not, she was not intimidated by any of these women who've been on the show for a while. Not at all. I feel like Sutton to me, and it's like refreshing in a way. She's like, I don't give a fuck that you guys have been on Housewives for 10 years. Like, She's not intimidated by their, um, in quotations here, housewives' clout or status. She's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to say what their I want to say. tenure, yeah. Yeah, their tenure. Thank you. So she's not intimidated by it, which was really great. One thing, the one thing that really caught me off guard in this reunion was how angry Erica Jane was to Denise. I didn't understand it. We talked about this uh, on Ryan Bailey's podcast, which is coming out tomorrow. It felt like all of a sudden... Erica Jane had like a wake up call or I think maybe she watched back the season and was like, oh, damn, I was really boring. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to come out guns blazing for this reunion. And like I didn't she's like, wake up, motherfucker or something like like motherfucker. I'm out. I'm like, out from what? What were you in? I'm not following this rage and anger. It just it, it was very peculiar. So I have a little bit new perspective since our conversation about this with Brian Bailey. Our buddies, Maggie and Lucy, Maggie from Best of Bravo and Lucy from Lucy on the Ground, had an Instagram live following the first episode of the reunion. And Maggie brought up a good point. She said, listen, I kind of understand where her anger is coming from because you have to look at it this way. They're all coworkers. Imagine if you had a coworker this in this instance denise who's continuously lying to you all the time picking and choosing what they want to share and then on top of that sends a cease and desist to everyone did she send everyone i thought it was just sent to um production and renna i well i don't i that i don't know let's for we'll the just case assume of this everybody. Point, well, yeah. For the case of this point, assume everybody that she sent a cease and desist. And knowing that obviously Erica's married to a lawyer and she knows kind of like a little bit about the legal system and lawyer stuff, that to me made a little more sense on why she would be so pissed off at her. I yeah, you know what? From that perspective, I get it. I do. Um I th- I bet it was more to just the fact that like she sent the cease and desist and like none like 
You sign up for the show to have everything shown. And if you want footage removed, then just don't come back. That's the easiest way. And it sounds like she's coming back and getting more money. So I'm sure there's a lot of anger and rage towards that. Kate Casey actually predicted this really early on. And she said, all the women are turning on Denise because it's a workplace issue. It has nothing to do with a threesome or Denise's uh, being upset about, you know, what was discussed at the barbecue. It is all workplace anger. And I think she's, I mean, that's, she might be right. Yeah. And like, show it. Like, I mean, <laughs> like show this stuff. Mention right? it all. Mention it Mention all. Mention it all. Like if Dorinda is going to say she broke the terms of her contract, why not say that? Like just mention it all. I, Amen, sister. Amen. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the week of Bravo and a lot of good, some bad. I think Beverly Hills is going to be in desperate need of a shakeup. We're hearing rumors, though, of different, like different people who already who might be brought in, rumors that Teddy's fired. I, I do think there's going to be some people gone after this season. They cannot, they can't keep the cast the same and they can't just add to it. They already have eight women. Nine is way too many. So I do think some will go. Yeah. And there was another survey done. So, um, to back up a little bit, for the New York Housewives, apparently this allegedly uh, fed into Dorinda's firing, but Bravo did a poll on the Housewives and kind of had viewers who were selected kind of rate certain things about each of the women, and Dorinda had a poor showing in the polls. And then on top of that, knowing what we know about how she allegedly has treated production, that then supported the firing. So there's been a survey. One of our followers actually sent it to us and we got a little preview of it of Bravo asking about the storylines and the season and what they enjoyed and thoughts about, did you, what'd you think about this drama? So I feel like that's all going to weigh and play into the cast shakeups and Teddy is more than likely going to get let go. Yeah. I think it's I think Teddy's gone. There were also a lot of questions about Kyle and it makes me wonder are they going to get rid of an OG like they did with OC? I would like to see Kyle without Teddy. I would too. I think Teddy I as much so I, we will say I like Teddy. We say this all the time. Teddy is a good person. Teddy is boring TV. I think Teddy brings Kyle down. Yeah, I think she brings her down. I think having her with out her would kind of give I mean she needs to find another little ally and Teddy's not the right one yeah so I would like I mean you and I were biased in this way we've always liked Kyle we acknowledge her faults she's had a lot of faults this season so I'm not gonna stand by her on some of her behavior but I would like to see her have at least another season without Teddy and we need higher Maurizio. Hello. We can't. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. That's like a standing moment of the season right there. I mean, that's all we really want. I want more drunk moments of the women. I want some shakeups and I want Mauricio high and th- I want more of that footage. It's, it's, I feel like that's not much. And I feel like it'd be a great season. No, it's not asking for too much. <laughs> not at all. So this brings us to our shout out and our shout out. So right now so it's September, which I cannot believe. Not only is it our birthday month, but it is also NICU Awareness Month. We saw Wendy kind of st- 
speak about this in Potomac and her own experiences. And I personally have shared my own experiences with the NICU. If you know anybody um, who is currently in the NICU or has been in the NICU, I, I highly encourage that you reach out to them to let them know that you're thinking of them, knowing how hard of a time it is, encourage um, them to share their stories. It is a unique experience. It's a club that you don't necessarily want to be in, but once you're in it, it's a special club and you have a understanding kind of like motherhood in general, but you have an understanding of what everyone's going through. And it's, it's a roller coaster ride. I keep saying that it's a roller coaster ride. It feels often at times when your child is in the NICU, it's two steps forwards, two steps back, but it makes you so much stronger than you, than before, like most things in life. And yeah, it's something, uh, I haven't gotten emotional about it yet, but I feel like that, that time is coming, but it's, it's crazy. So highly encourage, I mean, general guys, let's reach out to people. If we know they're struggling, it doesn't, they don't necessarily have to have a child in the NICU, but if someone's dealing, having a hard time with just being a new mom or adding another child to their family or just struggling because we're still in a pandemic, <laughs> um, just reach out. Just reach out. I think it's like the smallest, simplest thing. Uh, also, I know sometimes because of the pandemic, if you don't live in the same city, it feels like there's not much you can do. Guys, I mean, literally, I just sent Vanessa Chick-fil-A for dinner one night. Like, And I'm not like bragging on it. I'm just saying that's I did it through DoorDash. So simple. But like those type of things, I think, go a long way with anybody going through a hard time. So reach out. Be there for your friends. Uh, and then Nick knew moms. I'm not in the club. I hope I'm not. Um, but I know if ever one day I am. I mean, I saw the messages being directed to Vanessa and I think it's one of those things, the initiation is, uh, is really tough, but once you're in the sorority, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for listening and thank you so much for the recent reviews. We see them and we love them. We received a review from the UK, which blows our mind. So thank you so much for that. But please, please, please continue to give us a five-star rating. We're so close to being back to five stars. Can you please help us and take 30 seconds and just leave a five-star rating? And if you feel... If you're so kind to, please leave us a written review. We love them. We'll share them to our stories. It makes the world's difference and it makes it also makes our day too, but it helps with our bookings and we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. So with all that said, we will catch you soon and catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.